0: Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram. Instagram.com slash great Today's program is brought to you in part by the financial support of our listeners. You can support the show on a one-time basis using the Zelle app to box13 at greatdetectives.net. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go over to patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for another dangerous assignment. The original air date, February 13th, 1950, and the title is Who Killed Captain Rock? (laughs)
1: Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell.
2: Well, here he is, Commissioner. I just looked under the nearest Parry Mutual window.
3: Have a seat, Steve.
4: Okay. You know, of course, I was going to get even on that next race. I'm afraid this can't wait until the next race,
3: Steve.
5: I'll have your credentials and plane ticket at my desk when you're ready for
4: them. All right, thanks, Ruth. Sending me off into the wild blue yonder again, Commissioner? You're flying to Tangier. Tangier? Look, I don't even have a veil. You won't need one. Ever hear of
3: a man named Captain Rock?
4: Yeah, sort of a soldier of fortune, isn't he?
3: Yeah, a man who'd do anything for anybody, if the price was right. Here's a picture of him. Take a look. Mm. Hey...
4: He looks like me.
3: Quite a little, Steve. We think you could pass for Captain Rock almost anywhere.
4: Hey, wait a minute. What do you mean, pass for him? It's a very dangerous game, Steve, but I'm
3: asking you to play it for us. Hmm? Putting it bluntly, you're going to pose as Captain Rock in Tangier. You'll be a decoy. (laughs) Oh, great. Look, uh, maybe Captain Rock won't like the idea. He's in no position to object, Steve. Last night in Tangier, Captain Rock was stabbed to death. Huh?
4: Hmm. How do I go about impersonating a dead man? His
3: death has been kept a secret. He was found right after he was stabbed and was taken to the hospital in Tangier under heavy police guard. He died in the hospital. We want his killers to think they missed.
4: Oh, so they'll come after me, huh? Hey, this sounds like a fine job.
3: Yes, well, we've got to find out who killed him and why.
4: Look, you better fill me in on the background. Why is rock so important to us?
3: Uh, There's not time to go into that now, Steve. Your plane leaves in half an hour. But Inspector Laborde... In Tangier, we'll give you the entire background. Go directly to his office when you're right.
4: Inspector Laborde in Tangier.
3: Okay. Steve, this is a vital job you're going to do and a very dangerous one. You'll be up against clever, ruthless opposition. But we've got to find out who killed Captain Rock. Well, that's it. You've got your assignment. Good luck. <laughs>
1: National Broadcasting Company is proud to present Dangerous Assignment starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell, colorful two-fisted government agent. At all those places in the world where danger and intrigue walk hand in hand, there you'll find Steve Mitchell on another Dangerous Assignment. <laughs> Steve Mitchell is en route to Tangier in North Africa by plane. Meanwhile, in a spacious villa on the outskirts of Tangier, a man waits, slowly sipping a glass of sherry. The door opens, and a slender native enters the room.
6: Good evening, Joshua Effendi.
1: Ali, at last. Certainly took you long enough
7: to get back here to make a report to me.
6: I thought it best to remain in hiding for a day, Effendi.
7: Perhaps you were right. But come... Tell me exactly what happened.
6: Yes, Effendi. I met Captain Rock at the shop of A Thousand Bells... the night before last, as you instructed me to. I told him that I was to conduct him to the man... who had arranged his escape from the Istanbul prison. Was he suspicious at all? He did not seem to be. But he said he did not understand... why his escape from prison had been arranged. I told him he would find that out later. Good. Good. We drove to a deserted road outside the city... And then I stabbed him. Captain Rock is dead, Joshua Effendi. Uh Oh,
7: (laughs) you've done well, Ali. And you'll be paid accordingly. I'm going to the airport to purchase a ticket to Cairo. My job here is finished. I would like a ticket to Cairo on the first available plane.
8: Very well, sir. Taxi. Hey, taxi. Uh, here is your
2: ticket, sir.
4: Wait, that man.
2: Taxi. All right here, Effendi. Welcome to Tangier, Effendi. May I show you the sights of the city?
4: No, just take me to the police station.
2: All right away, Effendi.
7: That was Captain Rock. The rock is dead. I,
8: I, I, I beg your pardon? Never
7: sir? mind the ticket to Cairo. I still have some unfinished business here in Tangier.
6: No, it cannot be true, Joshua Effendi. Captain Rock is dead. You stupid fool, Ali.
7: I saw him at the airport just now. You bungled the job the night before last after all. No,
6: no, it could not be. I stabbed him to death in the car. I, Ali, I do not miss.
7: Did you wait until you were sure he was dead before you left?
6: I... Well, you see, Joshua Effendi. Out I... with it, Ali. Uh, well, a police patrol came down the road right afterward. It was necessary for me to depart quickly.
7: That's what I thought. You did bungle the job, stupid, one stupid. One more fool. chance,
6: Effendi. Just give me one more chance, and this time I will make sure. No,
7: that... it is too late for that, Ali. You had an opportunity, and
6: you failed me. No, no, Effendi, please. I, no.
7: One chance is all I ever give anyone, Ali. From now on, I will handle this job myself.
8: Your credentials are in order, Monsieur Mitchell. Please have a seat.
4: Thank you, Inspector Laborde.
8: Your commissioner notified me to expect you. You did well to come here to my office as soon as you arrived in Tangier... We do not want you to be seen in the city until you understand the situation
4: thoroughly. Well, right now I don't understand much of anything. I think you'd better start at the beginning. Of course.
8: Look at this map. Hmm? A year ago, these two European countries were on the verge of signing a treaty. Your country was backing them completely and was very anxious for that treaty to go through. It meant peace and security for this entire area of Europe. I see. What happened to it? On a certain day, a representative from each country was to meet and sign the treaty on the border. But that meeting never took place. Why not? One of the representatives was assassinated on the way to the meeting point. The mutual suspicion which resulted from the incident was enough to scrap the treaty. Hmm. But what's all this got to do with Captain Rock? Ah, I wish to show you a portion of a newsreel on this film projector. Uh, will you turn off the light, please? Okay. Merci. I will start the projector now. This was taken near the border of the two countries involved on the day the treaty was to be signed. What do you see there, Monsieur Mitchell?
4: Just a black sedan, man in the back seat, driver in front. The man in the
8: back seat was the diplomat who was assassinated shortly afterward. Hmm. Now, look more closely at the driver. What? Hey, it's Captain Rock. Captain Rock? You may turn the lights back on now. Ah, uh, merci. You think Captain Rock killed that diplomat? No, but we think he was in on the plan in some way. At a certain point in the trip, instead of turning to the left, as he was supposed to do, he suddenly turned to the right, into a blind alley. That is where the shooting took place. I see. Well, then, if Rock was in on the plan, that means he knew who killed that diplomat. That is precisely the point, Mitchell. We believe that interests hostile to that treaty deliberately assassinated that diplomat to block the treaty. Your commissioner also believes that if they can be exposed for what they are and linked to the killing, then the treaty has a chance of going through after all. Yeah. Well, what happened to Captain Rock after the shooting? Interpol in Paris has supplied us with that information. I have it right here. Rock uh, went into hiding. He was arrested on a minor charge in Istanbul two months ago and imprisoned there.
4: He probably figured that that Istanbul
8: jail was a good hiding place. Oh, undoubtedly. But last week, there was a very skillfully arranged jailbreak. Captain Rock escaped. We want to find out who arranged that escape. Because it is our belief that the one responsible for it is the killer who realized that he was not safe as long as Rock was alive. So
4: that's why I'm supposed to impersonate
8: Rock? Exactly. I think we will be able to make the killer believe that he
4: missed the first time. So he'll come after me. (laughs) You know, this sounds like a nice friendly little pastime where a guy could wind up dead. There is no point in minimizing the danger,
8: but this assignment is a vital one. Look, uh, did you get anything out of Rock before he died? No. But a few hours before his death, he was seen at Hassim's. Hassim's? What's that? It's a cafe here in Tangier. It may mean nothing, on the other hand... Well, I guess that'll be my first stop, huh? Oui. Monsieur Mitchell, one thing I must make very clear to you. Yeah? When you walk out of this office, you will be Captain Rock. Cannot return here until this job is finished, one way or the other. Why not? The interests that we think are behind this have eyes and ears everywhere. We must do our best to convince them. Therefore, I am the only one in Tangier who knows who you really are. Even now, your picture has been distributed to the force as that of Captain Rock. To the arrest of the police, you will be Captain
4: Rock. To be pursued and captured if possible. Oh, fine. I don't have enough to do trying to find out who's behind all this. I have to play hide-and-seek with the police, too. I regret it. It's unavoidable. (laughs) Well, look... Suppose I get in a spot. Isn't there anyone who can help me?
8: I have considered that possibility. I will have one of my detectives who will make himself known to you at Hassim's Cafe. How will I know him? He will approach you and he will say, Hassim stocks fine wines here. You will ask him if he is an employee of the place. And he will reply, no, not an employee, a connoisseur. Fine wines, connoisseur. Okay, I've got it. Keep undercover for the rest of the day and be at Hassim's at seven tonight. Okay. Monsieur Mitchell... I do not need to warn you to be careful, because if you are not, I am afraid it will cost you your life.
9: Welcome to my humble cafe, Effendi. Would you like Hassim to show you
4: to a table? Oh, this one right here will do. Looks like I'm in time for the floor show. <laughs>
9: Yes, Effendi. I...
4: Captain Rock. Huh? For a moment, I did not recognize you. But you are Captain Rock. Uh, yeah, but let's not spread it around, Hassin. But of course, Effendi. I forgot you were wanted by the police.
9: But you
4: risked capture to
9: come here to see Yadida.
4: Yadida? Your sweetheart. See? She is dancing now. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She looks even more beautiful than the last time I saw her.
9: (laughs) She is the sweetheart of all, Tangier. But she loves only you. I will go to signal her that you are here. She will be overjoyed.
4: I hope so. (laughs) Maybe this deal won't be too bad after all. I
9: beg your
7: pardon. Huh? Is this your first visit to Hassim's cafe? Why, uh, no. I used to come here a lot. Why? Who are you? Allow me to congratulate you on your excellent taste in coming here. Hassim stocks fine wines. Oh? Are you an employee? Not an employee. A connoisseur.
4: I see. Inspector Laborde sent me. Let us go someplace where we can talk. No, not now. I know what you look like now. That's all that's necessary. Just manage to be around if I need you. But I think we should go outside and discuss. No, look. Hassim's heading this way. Beat it. Very well. I will leave by the back door. Yeah. I signal to Yadid. I pointed you out, see? She has her eyes on you now. Yeah, nice eyes, too. Uh, thanks, Hassim. See?
9: She is coming straight here to your table.
4: Yeah. Hassim, uh, don't you think sweethearts should be let alone?
9: Uh, but of course, Effendi. I understand. I
4: understand,
2: <laughs> Darling.
4: Hello, Yadita.
9: Oh,
2: Darling, you must be careful. Joshua's here. Huh? I saw him. I... Wait. What's the matter? You, you are not. Oh, I beg your pardon, Effendi. I have made a mistake. Hey, wait a minute,
4: Yedida, come back here. Ah, yeah. yeah, looks like I didn't fool her or any. Asim. Hassim. Yes, Effendi. Where is Yedida's dressing room?
9: You have quarreled already. Such a pity. Such a pity.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I want to make up. Where is her dressing room?
9: Where it has always been, Captain Rock. Through that curtain the room at the end of the hall. Thanks. <laughs> you will make it up, then all will be well again.
4: Room at the end of the hall. Yeah, there it is. She was trying to warn me about something. Yadita. Yadita. Hey. Yadita. What happened? Knife. Who did it? Joshua. Who's he? Joshua. Look, Yadida so you know I'm not Captain Rock. But I'm trying to find out who killed him and what's behind it all. Can you tell me anything that'll help?
9: Shop of a thousand bells.
4: Shop of a thousand bells? Where's that?
2: Street (sighs) bazaar.
4: Yadida. Yadida. She's dead. What is it, Captain Rock? What has happened? Yadida. She's dead.
9: What? Yadida dead? Yadida. A knife. You did this, Captain Rock. You killed Yadida. Now look. You had a quarrel. You stabbed her. Police! Police! Police!
1: In a moment, we'll return to the second act of Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy. But first, we'd like to call your attention to another fast-moving adventure mystery. Now on Sundays, hear Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, private detective. Every week, glib Dick Diamond fights his way to fame, fortune, and a red-headed girlfriend over most of these same NBC stations. And Dick Powell continues to delight listeners with a tune or two on almost every program. This delightful mixture of rough-and-tumble action and smooth, sweet lyrics weekly brings joy to listeners who dial the NBC way. Enjoy this novel, pulse-paced action drama every Sunday... Richard Diamond is another fast moving NBC adventure mystery wrapped up and delivered every Sunday afternoon over most of these NBC stations. And now back to Act Two of Dangerous Assignment, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. Time, ten seconds later, the place, Hassim's Cafe in Tangier. Steve Mitchell, posing as the notorious Captain Rock, is still standing over the body of Yadida, the beautiful dancing girl, as Hassim, the proprietor, rushes down the hall to her dressing room. Hasim suspects Steve of killing Yadida.
4: She loved you,
9: and you killed her. Police! Shut up!
4: As long as we're throwing accusations around, you got here in an awful hurry just now, Haskin. How come? I do not know what you are talking about. Police! Quiet! Police! Take your hand off my mouth. Let's go of me. in that dressing room. It will do you no good. I will still call the police. I know. But this way I'll have five minutes to start. Now get in there.
6: Commissioner,
4: Steve's
10: calling from Tangier. He's
4: on the
10: line now. Thanks,
4: Ruth. Hello? Hi, Commissioner. I can only talk a minute. I'm calling from the second floor of a little hotel here in Tangier. How's everything? Right now, it's harder than a two-bit pipe. What do you mean? When you sent me over here, you didn't tell me I was supposed to play tag with the police, too.
3: Well, we had to make things look convincing, Steve.
4: Yeah. Well, right now, they look very convincing. Rock's girlfriend just got herself killed, and I'm the grade-A suspect. What? Yeah. She was trying to warn me about something before she died. She mentioned a place called the Shop of a Thousand Bells in a bazaar. I guess that's my next stop.
3: Are you Are working alone, Steve?
4: But really alone. Inspector Laborde sent a man to me at Hassim's Cafe. But I had to leave in such a hurry, I wasn't able to contact him again.
3: Have you made any contact with the people who engineered Captain Rock's jailbreak?
4: Not yet. Maybe I'll have better luck at the Shop of the Thousand Bells. Look, uh, I better hang up. I don't want to stay in one place any longer than I have to. This town is probably jumping with cops right now, and they're all looking for me. I'll try to call you again as soon as I have anything new to report. All right, Steve. Be careful. Yeah. So long, Commissioner. Clerk. Hey, Clerk.
2: Here I am, Effendi.
4: Look, I'd like a little information. I, of course, Effendi. What's the matter?
2: Nothing, Effendi. Nothing.
4: You seem pretty nervous all of a sudden. It
2: is nothing, Effendi. Effendi. Information? do you wish?
4: Is there a bazaar around here anywhere?
2: Uh, a bazaar? I,
4: I do... Hey, you really got the jumps, haven't you?
9: A bazaar? Oh, yes, if eh, Andy, it is not far.
4: Wait a minute, what was that?
9: Uh, I do not know. I... Uh,
4: a car pulled up outside a police car, so that's why you were nervous. Police,
9: quick, in here, here he
4: is. Looks like I've got no friends at the police all. This way. Must be a back door over there. Quick,
9: there he goes.
4: This bazaar had put Sears' robot to shame. That shop of a thousand bells ought to be around here someplace. Yeah, there it is. Hmm.
2: Good evening, Effendi. Welcome to the shop of a thousand bells.
4: Are you the proprietor here?
2: Yes, Effendi. I am Turhan at your service. You would perhaps like to buy one of these beautiful bells?
4: No, but I'd like a little information.
2: I do not sell information, Effendi. I sell bells, the finest in all Tangier. See, here is one you may like. But. Does it not have a fine tone? Like pure silver? Yeah,
4: yeah. But now, indeed, now look. Indeed, uh... it
2: should have such a tone, for it is pure silver, with just the slightest amount of alloy to give it body. You like this bell?
4: That's not what I came
2: for. Oh, I, then I, I, w- perhaps uh, this other one <laughs> here. Yes, perhaps this one is what your like. Look, I don't want to buy a bell.
10: Oh, but Effendi, uh, I have. You would like a guide, no? No. I am Mustafa Effendi. The best guide in all, Tangier. I no. can show you all the more secret places. No. The beautiful dancing Look,
4: else. I don't want to buy a bell, and I don't want a guide.
10: But I charge oh. very little for my services, Effendi. Hey,
4: beat it, will you? Now, look, Turhan, I don't have much time. I told you I wanted some information from you.
2: But I only have information about my bells, Effendi. Look,
4: I'm going to try just once more. I was told to come here. Now, if you don't open up and start talking, ah, I'll... Effendi.
10: Just... If you want information, why do not you ask me? I, Mustafa, have all the information. What's that? Of course. I have information on all the points of interest here in Tangier. I can show you. Oh,
4: great. Look, will you beat it? Uh,
10: It is a sad thing to Nobody wants a guide tonight. Everyone is too interested in the murder of Yadida to go sightseeing.
2: Yes, I know. No one will buy
10: my bells either. What's
4: that about Yadida?
10: You have not heard of Fendi. Yadida was a beautiful dancing girl, a sweetheart of all Tangier. But tonight, she was murdered by a man called Captain Rock. Oh? The police are scouring the city for him right now. But if the citizens find the worst, there will be not much left for the police. I guess not. Hey. I see. The police are down at the other end of the bazaar. They are searching everywhere. Look, uh,
4: you still want a job, Mustafa? Oh,
10: but of course, Effendi. You have changed your mind. Yeah, yeah,
4: I've changed my mind. You say you can show me some of the secret places of Tangier? If you like. I like. The more secret, the better.
2: One moment, Effendi. You have changed your mind about the going. Perhaps you will change your mind about the bell.
4: Huh? I'll even buy a bell.
2: Oh, thank you, Effendi. Come on, Mustafa.
4: Let's go. <laughs> You sure know all the back alleys around town, Mustafa.
10: (laughs) It is my business to know them, Effendi. What would you like to see first?
4: Well, you name it. As long as it's one of those secret places we were talking about.
10: I have a place in mind that I think will appeal strongly to you. Here. In this door, Effendi. I will lead the way.
4: Sure dark in here.
10: There's a flight of stairs at your right, Effendi. We will descend.
4: Okay. But it's your turn to carry this bill. Somebody's liable to confuse me for a cow in the dark.
10: Of course. Here, put your hand on my shoulder. So, now you will not stumble.
4: Mm. When you say secret, you really mean it, don't you?
10: Uh, Certain activities are frowned on by the police. It is necessary to take precautions. Uh, Here we are at the bottom. Where to now? See the narrow crack of light under that door at the end of this hall? Mm -hmm. Come.
4: Hey, uh, what kind of a place is this, Mustafa?
10: One beyond the wildest imagination, Effendi. You will see. Here we are. After you, Effendi.
4: Hey, that sudden light blinds me.
10: Your eyes will adjust themselves.
4: Why, that's just a bare room.
10: Here he is. Joshua Fendi, I have brought him to you. Huh? Good work, Mustafa.
4: Well, if he isn't the wine connoisseur from Hasim's... Why, am I glad to see you. I've been... Hey, why the gun? Wait a minute. Mustafa here called you Joshua just now. Quite right. Yadida told me that Joshua was the guy who stabbed her.
7: Right again. Mustafa, your job is finished. You will be well paid for it. You may go. And take that silly bell with you. (laughs) Well,
4: looks like I've made a little mistake. I figured you were the guy Inspector Laborde sent to help me at Hassim's. It did not prove difficult
7: to intercept Laborde's man and learn the password from him. Yeah, I get it. A little late, I guess. Quite a bit too late.
4: Yadita tried to warn me about you. That's why you killed her.
7: Yes. I do not know who you are, except that you are not Captain Rock. Oh? If you were Captain Rock, you would have recognized me instantly
4: at Hassim's Cafe. Oh. Captain Rock knew you, huh? Maybe the two of you had done business before. You know, that adds up to an interesting thought. Does it? Sure. The thought that maybe it was you who killed that diplomat Rock was driving the car for. Two of you had that scheme all worked out between you, didn't you?
7: I'm afraid your brilliant deductions can come a little late in the game.
4: You've been looking for Rock ever since so you could kill him and shut his mouth for keeps. That's why you arranged that jailbreak for him in Istanbul. He was
7: difficult to find, but as you see, we could not be safe as long as he was alive. Where is he now?
4: Rock? (laughs) You should have let well enough alone, Joshua. Rock is dead. You got him the first crack out of the box. Indeed.
7: It would seem I was a little harsh with Ali then. Ali? An employee of mine who was assigned to kill Rock. I was forced to shoot him because I thought he had bungled.
4: Yeah, I guess you could easily call that being a little harsh with him.
7: However... I do not believe in regrets. I know now the job's been done. And with you out of the way, things will be complete. Uh-uh.
4: You are not leaving.
7: And to make sure you do not, I will place myself between you and the door.
4: So getting rid of me is the next step, huh?
7: The very next step.
6: Joshua! Ooh, the police! You fool! Mustafa, that door knocked the gun out of my hand! Thanks, Mustafa. Mustafa, grab the gun! Let, let go of me! What pleasure! <laughs>
10: I... I have the gun. Oh, yeah? Oh, my hand. Oh, Effendi, please.
4: It was not my fault. I did as I was told. You wanted to show me some secret places, Mustafa. Well, here's one I want to show you. Never send an owl for whom the bell tolls, Mustafa. It tolls for thee. Mitchell. <laughs> Mitchell. In here, Inspector. You all right, Mitchell. Yeah, I guess so. I
8: spotted Joshua's agent, Mustafa, and he led me to you. I was hoping I could get to you before it was too late.
4: Well, you gave me a big lift in direct aboard. Mustafa came flying back to tell Joshua you were closing in and knocked the gun out of his hand when he opened the door. Here's your man, Inspector. Joshua, there, on the floor.
8: Oh, he is the one who engineered the political assassination with Captain Rock? That's right. Good. We will give it the widest publicity. When those two countries involved learn who killed that diplomat Perhaps their treaty will go through
4: after all. I hope so. Hey, uh, look, Laborde, do me a favor, will you? After what you have done, anything, Mitchell. Uh, the citizens of Tangier still think I killed you, Dita. Will you give me a police escort out of town? <laughs> I'm not exactly hankering to hang around here, if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, that can easily be arranged, Mitchell.
8: Posing as a notorious character does have its
4: disadvantages, I suppose. That's the understatement of the week. (laughs) You know, the next time the commissioner wants me to impersonate somebody... Yes? I hope it's a Sunday school teacher in Cedar Rapids...
1: Heard another episode in the exciting new adventure series *Dangerous Assignment*, starring Brian Donlevy as Steve Mitchell. *Dangerous Assignment* is written by Bob Reif, with music by Bruce Ashley, and directed by Bill Carn. Be with us next week at this time when Brian Donlevy, starring as Steve Mitchell, will embark on another *Dangerous Assignment*. <laughs> Dangerous Assignment comes to you from Hollywood. Tomorrow, you'll hear Fibber McGee and Molly and Bob Hope on NBC.
0: Welcome back. The idea of doubles... And fiction has often been played out in somewhat ridiculous ways. The idea of people looking identical or nearly identical, who are completely unrelated, without aid of makeup or prosthetics, is an impossible. But it's a rarity. But it's a rarity that happens in, like, every adventure program in one way or another well into the 1990s. Heck, even in the 21st century, you had an episode of Monk that was premised on him being a lookalike for a Mafia boss. Now, obviously, these stories really do require that we just uh, have a suspension of disbelief. And we kind of buy even ridiculous statements. Like, you'll often hear in these stories, they everybody on the planet has a double. No, they don't. (laughs) But if we pretend that's true for a half hour or an hour, we can enjoy whatever follows. The one thing I think that bothered me in this story was the voice. Because Steve might have well looked like uh, Captain Rock... But what about the voice? Didn't Joshua wonder about the voice? Or why Captain Rock, who was obviously wanted by the police, was going to police headquarters? Though that may have been kind of a challenge of audio drama. Uh, Joshua may not have been close enough to hear Steve's voice, or that he was going to the police station. We heard Steve say it, but we have no idea if Joshua heard it. Which does make me wonder if there's a television version of this episode which might answer my burning question. But then again, if, say, Joshua had been, like, several feet back, you know, maybe even retreating a bit when he saw Steve coming, thinking, this guy looks a lot like Captain Rock, but couldn't hear what he was saying. And that means Steve looks so much like Captain Rock at a distance that... Our villain would decide not that, you know, that guy looks kind of like Captain Rock, but that can't be because my henchman said he killed Captain Rock. Uh, To instead conclude, uh, my instrument said he killed Captain Rock, and obviously there he is alive. But on the bright side, you know, it did put Steve in an interesting position with him being hunted by the police as well as the populace. One thing I definitely liked was the use of the shortwave effect when he called the commissioner it's better than having them just read off Steve's report. Of course, you know, it's weird having Steve stop in the middle of the adventure while he is on the run for his life to make a report. This reminds me of a complaint I've heard about Star Trek episodes, where after the commercial break, where people were left in peril... Uh, including the captain or the first officer, will hear the officer whose life is in danger recording a present tense Uh, captain's log or first officer's log. Which raises some questions. Why would you record that? How would you record that? Excuse me, look, I know you uh, Romulans have got the drop on us, but I'm just reaching, I'm not reaching for my phaser, I'm reaching for my recorder. Why? Because I need to make a log entry. Why? Because that's what we do in the Federation. And it's kind of the same thing here, you know, obviously without the sci-fi element. It would be one thing if Steve were expecting the commissioner to send backup. But it's more just like, here's my report, I'm on the run for my life, but let it never be said that Steve Mitchell was one to shirk regulations. In all seriousness, while it's fun to poke fun at this, we should acknowledge that these little breaks do serve a purpose. And I hadn't thought about this much when I uh, commented on the commissioner and his secretary uh, uh, reading a report from Steve, but it kind of serves as a way to catch listeners up because... Uh, you know, we live in an on-demand world. You want to watch The Mandalorian or, or any streaming show, you just kind of go home and you watch it. You watch it when you want to watch it. If you've got to take a break for some reason, you pause it, you come back, you resume it. People in 1950 did not live in an on-demand world. If for some reason you missed the start of your program or you lost a signal. It can be nice to have a point where you get caught up. One way that you can do that is you have, a, you know, like on Let George Do It, you have a narrator come on and describe what's happened so far. The downside of that is having this third-party narrator come in takes you out of the story a bit. And the same can apply if our hero is narrating. And technically, if you think too deep about about it if you have the hero narrating. Technically doesn't that ruin any sense of peril if they're narrating from some future safe outcome. But well, we know you're gonna be okay now, don't we? Doing something like a captain's log or calling in to make a report keeps with the flow of the story. But It's actually a little silly if you think about it. But as hard as it might be to understand for those who haven't experienced a non-on-demand world, it does serve a purpose. Alright, well now let's go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Mimi, Patreon supporter since February 2016, currently supporting the program at the a uh, shamus level of $4 or more per month. Again, thanks so much for your support, Mimi. And that will do it for today. If you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to rate and review wherever you download your podcast from. Next Tuesday, we'll be bringing you a previously uncirculated episode of Defense Attorney. Next Wednesday, we'll be bringing you an episode of Dangerous Assignment. But coming up tomorrow, listen for Philo Vance, where... Okay, this is it.
5: All advanced. There's the. Well, good evening. Aren't you two a little out of your territory? Guns and handkerchiefs over faces belong exclusively in Western movies, don't they? Maybe. Maybe we're looking for a screen test. Okay, Harry, the blindfold. Right. Perhaps I'm only a disinterested party in this endeavor, but I might like to know what's going on regardless. Yeah, I got the blindfold on, boss. The gag, Harry. Really, now, let's stop this melodramatic... That's enough. Now, Vance, you're entitled to know this much. Mm? We're going to stuff cotton in your ears so you can't see anything, you can't hear anything, and you can't do any talking. Then we're driving you somewhere, only you won't have any idea where, and we're holding you overnight. And in the morning, we let you go with no harm done. Nod your head if you follow us. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Let's walk back to your car, vans. You'll never know where you're being taken, so you'll never be able to track us down. But you won't be hurt, so if you're as smart as people say, you won't try to find out who
0: we are. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, do send your comments to... Do... Box 13 at GreatDetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives. And check us out on Instagram, Instagram.com slash GreatDetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.